Merry Christmas, everybody. Have you realized there is something about Christmas? This season is totally different from any other season. Whether you're a Christian or not, there is something about Christmas. Absolutely. All over the world, even in non-Christian countries, there's, there's this atmosphere that pervades during Christmas that sets it apart from every other season. And I'm happy we are celebrating it because the world wants to steal it from us and convert it to Santa. We say, no, it's Jesus. And let me tell us, you see, it's good that you come to these services. I mean, you can watch online. It's good that you come to these services, bring your children, because they are educating your children where you are not. They are teaching your children what you don't want your children to know, and you are not there. Practically, by taking your children and saying, let's go to church, this is Christmas, you are also teaching them that this is what is what all about. So when you are old and gone, you have left a strong legacy. They will not forget it. You know, when I got married, my wife and I bought a bell, not because we became a ladderer, but because my father, once it is 8 p.m., we ring a bell. Many of you, your parents did that, and they would ring a bell, or one way to collect everybody for prayer. So we grew up like that. So when we got, immediately we got married, the first thing we bought was a bell. And immediately, that time, Papa would ring, we would ring it. You see how practically he introduced us to this awesome practice. So some of the things we do is because you need to practically teach your children. Believe you me, my people, those educating your children, many of them don't believe what you believe. And they are passionate about changing the minds of your children. They are totally committed to it. And so you need to also do your best because your children are one of the best gifts that God has uh, given you. Bring them to church. Bring them to things like this, Thanksgiving service. Let them sit with you during life centers. Let them sit with you during uh, Sunday school. That way you are making a strong statement. We are in a battle battle for souls. Can I hear amen? Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for this privilege we have to share in your word this morning that we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Trust that you will speak to us and help us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. So <clears throat> Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus, like we said, the Son of God, the promised Messiah, the beginning of the execution of God's master plan to save humanity from their sins and its entire range of consequences and from Satan and the judgment to come and to bring us freely back to God as our father and into the family of God. So this is a summary of what we're talking about, about Christmas. The key to celebrating Christmas is to know who is being celebrated. If you don't know who is being celebrated, it will be a holiday. Have you ever seen a holiday without reason? This is the only country I say will have a holiday, and they will never tell you why. Happy holiday, why? We don't mention it. 
If you don't know who is being celebrated, believe you me, Christmas will be to you another what? Holiday. You know, stories in the Bible are wonderful stories, but we need to know the meaning of those stories. When I was again growing up as a little boy, they told us a story about Samson. The story fascinated me so much. And nobody told me, I didn't learn this, the reason and what he was teaching me, but all I got was this Samson. He was pushing the wall, and the, some, I said, I have found what to do to my mom. The next time she will talk to me and scold me, I'm pushing down the wall. On her. And I didn't think where I would be at the time. So my mother now scolded me. I went to the wall immediately. I was pushed. The more I was pushing, the more they were begging me. So I thought I was doing the right thing. I pushed until things began to come out from me. <laughs> my mother was begging, saying, Oh, nah, please, please don't kill. I, I said, Everybody should leave this house. Leave Mama here. I'm going to put. That was what I got out of story. Every story in the Bible has a meaning. And until that meaning is brought to you, you haven't gotten it. A lot of things we teach our children in Bible stories, it doesn't, it doesn't do the job. You have to bring out the meaning in that. Thing. Don't leave them with letters. So Christmas story is not just a story. It's who are you celebrating? Can I hear a meme? That's the key to Christmas. The moment you know who you are celebrating, your celebration becomes as a result of, as a result of revelation. You can't celebrate carnally. We don't live carnal lives. You celebrate spiritually. You celebrate from revelation. And your joy will be ignited by the Spirit of God. Let, let's look at some examples. Matthew 16, 15. He said unto them, but who say ye that I am? Like he's saying today, okay, you are doing Christmas. Who are you really celebrating? And Simon Peter said, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjuna, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Only the Spirit of God can reveal Jesus to man. He said, nobody knows the Son except the Father. And nobody knows the Father except the Son. Only the Spirit of God can make a Christmas what it is. And so here we look at it again in Matthew 1.20. Where angels begin to reveal to people who this person is. In Matthew 1.20. But while he taught on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Nobody knew. Joseph had no idea. The angel said, that's not a regular baby. It's not a regular baby, Joseph. Verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son, I'm sorry, for that which is considering use of the and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name what? I want to hear you. What? Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. Now, 
all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of, of the Lord by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God arrived on the scene. God himself came. It was an amazing arrival on the earth. In Luke 2, 8, that night in a field near Bethlehem, shepherds were watching over their flocks, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in a radiant splendor before them. Lighten up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angels risen, reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you what? Good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today, in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miraculous sign. You will find a baby wrapped in its strips of cloth and lying in the feeding trough. Then, all at once, in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared. The very army of heaven. Christmas was in celebration. And they all praised God, singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For there is now peace and a good hope given to sons of men. Light arrived. Can I hear amen? Great light arrived into darkness. Have you ever, you know we had this storm the last time. I don't know, what, you know they, are, they have all these names. I don't know the last one that came. Not this one that made flood. There's this one that came and destroyed things. And then knocked out power. For about two weeks or so, people didn't have power. Now, yes. Is it Sandy or whatever? Now, we didn't have power. Two weeks. You know, two weeks, those two weeks were miserable. Your fridge, everything. But you know, there was a day that light what? Came. You came back home and whoa, your fridge is on. You call your wife and say, That's a, I don't know what you call your wife, but you call her something. You call her that, they say, hey, power is there. Fuck. You know what you're celebrating. You know the value of what came back. Light shone in darkness. In serious darkness. The light of heaven shone. Can I hear a big amen? The arrival of redemption. God came on the scene to break off chains and bondages from our neck. Bondage of sin, sickness, cause, confusion, all of it. My mentor told this story. He was, he was, he was 16 months on the bed, paralyzed, from neck down. He couldn't talk. He said it's, it's one of the worst experiences any human being can have. He said you couldn't talk. You couldn't hold up anything. He was being battered. 
He couldn't do anything. 16 months. He said, if you think it's not serious, you'll try it. I can imagine the very day he had a revelation that he's been healed by Christ. The person we're talking about. And then he got up from bed with nobody aiding him. And all of a sudden, immediately he got up. The power of God came from his head all the way down. And he walked to the breakfast table. And the grandfather said, has Lazarus uh, risen up? The arrival of the healing power at that moment. Could you imagine the joy of his heart? The joy of the mother? The joy of the brothers? In knowing who came, that will make your Christmas. The arrival of the Savior to break bondages from our necks, to set us free, to bring us all the blessings of heaven, and to make us sons of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Here is what Isaiah said in prophecy about today. Isaiah 9, 2 to 4, the people who walked in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You know, Jesus said, he said, the great light is here, but they don't see it. People who don't see it, they have holiday. People who know this light, they have Christmas. And so he said, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and the people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. And like warriors dividing the plant. I said, if they know what this light means, they will rejoice. You don't rejoice because they just said Christmas. You rejoice because you know a great light has come to your life. He said, people will rejoice because of it. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulder. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. Verse 6. Who will do this things? For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government shall rest on his what? Shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Jesus is God. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Jesus is God. God came himself. Prince of peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's army will make this happen. Merry Christmas, everybody. If you don't know this, you have holiday. I'm not kidding you. He said, if they know that this light has come, he said, they, are, they will rejoice before you, Lord. They will rejoice for who? And here's another set of people that the Holy Spirit said, let me introduce you people to this baby. And immediately they went, this baby was introduced to them, they began to praise God. Instantly. Instantly. Luke 2.25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout. 
waiting for this consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, 27. And he came by the Spirit. We don't do Christmas by the flesh. We do Christmas by the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Walking in the Spirit is not doing worry things and saying, forget about it. Walking in the Spirit is being inspired by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, walking in the light of revelation. They came, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, 28, then he, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God. Why was he doing that? The Holy Spirit showed him, this is the Christ. Merry Christmas, church. I said, Merry Christmas, church. The Holy Spirit showed him who had come. It's not just a baby. It's not just a baby. This is God. Almighty Father. Great God. Emmanuel. God has arrived. He carried him in his arms. He took him up in his arms and blessed God. And said, Lord, now let us that happen depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy word salvation. I'm not carrying a baby, I'm carrying the salvation of God. God's master plan to save you and me, to break the yokes of Satan, to heal you. Which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles. The great light has come. And the glory of his people, Israel. Can somebody shout hallelujah here? <laughs> if you don't know him, you have holiday. You eat rice. But if you know him, you praise God. You celebrate it. Luke 2, 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phenoah, of the tribe of Asa. She was a, of great age. I had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. Did you know what Simeon and Anna were doing? They were praying for Christ to come. Something God does without prayer. We're praying for Christ to come. And God said to Simeon, you're not dying until you see the result of your prayer. Anna lost the husband after only seven years. And God said, now it's commission. Go to the temple, live there and be praying. You have to pray. You know, God gave the aid to the children of men. God doesn't invade the aid as he likes. If he does, then he can be doing what? No, no, that's why if you don't pray, you don't get it. You have to ask. Can I hear amen? You need to ask. You need to pray. So these two people were praying. And then when they asked, when the Savior came, God showed it to Simeon and showed it to Anna and said, this is the result of your prayer. It took intense prayer for Christ to come. 
Luke 2, 36. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asa. She was of a great age and had lived with her and husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. And she coming in that instant, thanks, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. Every time you know who Christ is, you can't but give thanks. Give thanks unto the Lord and speak of him to, the, to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So it's key that we know Jesus. Really, if you don't know Jesus, you just be a church girl. Knowing him is the key to everything we do. I was preaching on Sunday when the church where I went to, I said, Jesus is all. It's everything. It's everything. There are no 10 steps to this. The 10 steps you need is trust the Lord with all their heart, he will direct their footsteps. Period. Knowing Jesus is key. If you don't know him, believe you me, you have holiday. The, the, the praise won't be, won't, what are you praising for? What are you praising for? It comes from the spirit. Christmas is not canatin. We don't do canatins. That's number one. Number two is first lesson is to know Christ. Then let me go to the second lesson about Christmas. It's what Christ demonstrated by coming. What Christ demonstrated by coming. That's the second lesson of Christmas. And then the scripture told us in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Another translation said, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What was that attitude? In Romans 12.2, it told us, don't copy the behavior and custom of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The prophet Isaiah wrote this scripture in another, in another way. Isaiah 8, 11, The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. If you think like everyone else does, you behave like them. God said, don't you think like this world. Don't think after the fashions of this world. He says, you must change the way you think. And think like Christ. Have the mind of Christ. So let's see the mind of Christ that God wants us to have, to operate by. The attitude that God recommends to us. The lesson of Christmas. One is to know Christ and celebrate him. Number two is to learn the lesson of his coming. So that you don't do like me. They told me about Samson and I wanted to punish my mother with it. You got to get the story and get the meaning of why is the Holy Spirit telling us all of this. Philippians 2, 3 tells us about Christmas. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself, 
Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now, when you read this, you will not understand that from verse 6, this very thing we read, Jesus demonstrated it practically himself. Let me read it again. Philippians 2, 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. That be meek. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So let's see practically how Jesus demonstrated this thing that we read. In verse 6, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. He gave up. Remember what he told us, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, be humble. Thinking of others better than yourself, God became human. And as if that was not enough, a slave. He wasn't thinking of himself. He was thinking of us. A slave and was born as human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And Braden, he did this willingly. He didn't do it by force. He didn't do it because if I don't do it, I go to hell. That was not the motivation. It was motivated by love for the Father and love for us. In John 10, 17, the Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it up again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrificed it voluntarily. All this thing I did, I did it voluntarily because I love my Father. There are two points I want to bring out here, and I'm done. Number one is that he set aside all his privileges. Remember, he created all things. And nothing was created that was created without him. Remember that all things were created for him, by him, for him, and through him. He set aside his position as God. He set aside his privileges as God just so that God can use him. So that God can use him. Brethren, you know, that's a huge one. That I should set aside whatever I think I am. Whatever I think I am. Whatever title I think I have. Whatever things I think I'm entitled to. Whatever achievements I think I have, I should set it aside and make myself of no reputation. It is our reputation that clashes with the will of God. You know why most anger is, is because somebody like me. See what they talk to. How can he talk to me like that? Or why not set aside who you are and love the person? Most lying we lie is because of it's because of ego. It's because of reputation. So you don't want anybody to tarnish your reputation, so you lie to protect it. 
you lie to protect your reputation, and then you lie to be a hypocrite so that people will see you, and you know you are not like that. But you want to present a false picture of yourself. Why? You, think you want to protect your reputation. Make yourself of reputation. That's true. Most lies is because we want to protect our reputation. Most quarrel is because we want to protect our reputation. Do you know I'm your husband? Why are you talking to me like that? No, 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 no. You are, but Jesus set aside what? Come on. He set aside what? Everything he is. You need to set it aside. Your husband, yeah. Praise the Lord. We know your husband. But you have to have the mind that Jesus had. You set aside the fact your husband. So that God can use you to bring peace. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. Set it aside. Let this man be in you. He was God. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. But he set it aside. My question to me is, what have I really set aside? The next time you are angry, ask yourself, why am I really angry? Why can't I set aside the, the real motive of this anger? It's about me. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. That's true. Oh, how we want people to see us as good. My mentor said, he said, if you tell me that I killed my mother, he said, I, I won't bother you. All I do is to check. If I didn't kill my mother, I won't bother you. And I'll still love you. Because it's not about who I am. In Christ, we're dead anyway. Can I hear amen? Paul said, I'm, I'm dead. I don't live. I don't have reputation. So that's the first thing that we need to learn. That Jesus set aside Everything he is, so that God can use him, so that God can find a vessel. Do you know people are praying for anointing, but not ready to set aside their pride and their ego and everything? It doesn't work. And number two, it's not, not only that he set aside the fact that he was God to come, but he became a slave. Less than a slave. You know what a slave means? Has no right. Has no opinion. Has no say. The only thing that mattered was what the father said. So the father said, you go to the cross. He goes. The Bible says he went there. He opened it, not uh, his mouth. John twelve forty nine. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. He said, I don't speak of myself. I'm a slave to him. It is not the slavery like people do slave trade. They know this a will. He said, I did it willingly. It's not forced on me. John 14, 10. Believe it thou not that I am the, I mean the Father and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. I'm a slave to him. I have no say. 
have no opinion, have nothing. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. He demonstrated it on the day he came to the earth. He became a slave to God. Because God was looking for a vessel to use. And he said, I'm here. And Paul, great apostle Paul, Romans 1.1. This letter is from Paul. Is it up there? Can you read it? Okay. Romans 1.1. Romans 1.1. Is it 11.1? I think so. Yeah, 1.1. Let's read it together. Paul, a what? Okay, can you put it in New Living Translation? This letter is from who? What did he call himself? Slave of Christ. He said, I follow Jesus' example. I saw him make himself slave to God. He had no opinion. He had nothing. He said, whatever the Father said, he saw. He said, I too am a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen to by God to be an apostle sent out to preach his goodness. The first thing was not that God called me. The first thing was I have given Christ my life as a slave to him. The first thing is not the call. I tell people, I say, if you put call before God, you wreck your life. You don't do that. A lot of people call, call, I've, I've called and I have to forget about it. <laughs> That's not the other. The first thing is God, family, Church and call. First thing is God. He said, I'm a slave to Christ. God said, I'm, I found David, a man who will do my will. I'm looking for somebody who will be a slave to me. I don't want to quarrel and fight over do this. We're quarreling and arguing. I don't need that. I can't strive with men. This man said, the first thing I did, I'm a slave to Christ. I saw him. Become a slave to God. I too am a slave to him. And they call it bond servant, which means I'm doing it willingly. He said, why? Because I love Jesus. And he put it in another way. He said, it is no longer I that what? Leave it. I don't have my say. I don't have my opinion. I don't have that. I the first thing. Before you talk of God called you to do this, called you to do that. And the Bible says, in Romans 12:1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's the first service we offer God before every other thing. That's the first one. The lessons of Christmas. God became a slave. Jesus came as a slave to his father. And he said, you should have the same mindset, the same attitude that I have. And Paul saw that. God said, say, but, uh, God said, but I know. God said, Baba, no, you are not a slave yet. 
You don't have that mindset. That mindset will make you available for God to use when he wants and how he wants. You don't tell God how to use you. But what you can offer God is yourself. But how we use you is up to him. These are the lessons of Christmas. That we should know him that came. And we should set aside our reputation like he did. And make ourselves a slave to Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for the lessons of Christmas. We cannot celebrate this in the flesh, in carnal. We're just going to have another rice eating session and another holiday. And the flesh will profit us nothing except that's a revelation of who came. Our praise will be on the lips only. And if we don't learn the lesson of Christmas, that he came here and make him, made himself of no reputation, set aside whatever he was, and he was. If we don't set aside whatever we think we are, we can't live his life. And if we don't make ourselves slaves of Christ like Paul, our will will be clashing with his will. And he told us in his Bible, if you don't hate yourself, you can't be my disciple. If you don't, you will never be able to be my disciple. For the love of self will clash with my will. Father, you know, except again you open up our eyes, we will hear words. But this day, Lord, being a day of celebration, I pray you give us the gift of real revelation. That be a wonderful gift to each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.